My name is Amanda. And my name is not Kristen. And we are one of the two Exorcisters. Uh, I have a guest host this week, and that would be my husband, Brad. Yeah, this was kind of sprung on me, but you know what? I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It wasn't that sprung on you. We've been talking about it for like a couple weeks. Yeah, but you sprung it on me a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, we've only been doing the podcast for like a month. Yeah, that's fine. So this week, we are going to talk about My Bloody Valentine, the 3D 2009 version, not the 1981 version. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. So you're not much of a horror fan at all. No, no, never really was. You kind of forced me into it a little bit, and now I'm starting to enjoy them a little more, but still not my jam. Oh, you are starting to enjoy them? A little bit. That's good. A little bit. I think you watched this one with me because you had seen it before. Yeah, like the new Halloween, I enjoyed that. You know, That's more good. into the slasher side, but not getting there. Not a fan of the demon paranormal Not, not stuff. so much. Not so much. Yeah, well, that's fair, especially since apparently I brought a demon into our home. Yeah, fuck you for that. Sorry. <laughs> so what did you, what you what do you think of this movie? Just kind of, I'll go. I'm gonna hit some plot points real quick. But what is your thought? Since you don't really watch horror that much, this movie was pretty dumb in my opinion this was kind of the stereotypical like mid to now 2000s mm-hmm. kind of movie where it's just an excuse to show people getting stabbed have some tits flopping around and just you know be obnoxious for the sake of it the plot to me just wasn't there there yeah. wasn't much there was a lot of mistakes made it just seemed like it was kind of half-assed in a lot of ways just for the sake of taking advantage of the new 3d technology in 09 mm-hmm. and just getting some gore for the fun of it but gore is fun. Gore is fun. I don't mind a little gore every now and again, but this was like gore for the sake of 3D. Yeah. Well, I think they took the 1981 movie and remarketed it to a younger audience. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the 3D kills, like the eyeball popping out of the head. The first one. The pickaxe going through the windshield and the blood splatter. I mean, I didn't see it in 3D at the time. I did. You did? I actually saw this one in theaters with my high school girlfriend and her parents. It's a little awkward. awkward. I watched this movie for the first time when I was in high school. I babysat and one of the kids I watched was really, really into horror movies. He was like nine or ten, I think, at the time. And he really loved them. And to the point where he had case like shelves of horror DVDs and his parents said he can watch any of them except for Child's Play. Huh. That's the only one that scared him. And so he said, let's watch My Bloody Valentine. And I'd never seen it. And I was like, okay. So I watched it with a nine-year-old for the first time that I was babysitting. But his parents knew. I wasn't like being sneaky or anything. They're like, oh yeah, we we buy them, whatever. Just not the Chucky movies. You're like nine-year-old and Chucky. That that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, he was watching one of his favorites. We just talked about Saw. That was one of his favorites. And he was more into blood and slashers and gore. And I don't... I think he's a Marine now, so, you know, but yeah. So this film, the premise is around this mining town and this murderer basically down in the mines, his name is Harry, he murks people with a pickaxe. Yes, in gruesome ways. I mean, through the back of the head, out the eye socket with the eyeball stuck to the end. Yeah. That's the first kill in the movie, like... Oh, it's real good. But that's not the first, um, he killed... Uh, First 3D kill. Right, okay, yeah. First 3D kill is what I meant, yeah. Right. And he, there was also a mining collapse. Mm -hmm. This main character named Tom... Jason Ackles. Jensen Ackles. Jensen, yeah. From Supernatural. Yeah. 
and his father owns the mines and he basically gets not blamed for this collapse but he, he gets blamed the newspaper says he caused it okay well and it trapped six miners including harry warden the murderer and they go down and there are five dead bodies all murdered with a pickaxe so they believe that Harry killed them all to save the oxygen so he could survive. And he went into a coma. Yeah. After they pulled him out. And a year after this mining accident, it shows this man in a coma. And then he wakes up and he immediately kills a dude. Yeah, in he killed room. 22 people on that rampage when he woke up on Valentine's Day. Yeah. He, like, carved someone's heart out. And his thing is leaving human hearts in, like, chocolate boxes. Yeah. So he killed a shit ton of people, and then there was a heart drawn on the wall, and it said, Happy fucking Valentine's Day. So happy fucking Valentine's Day. Classy AF. That's why you're doing this. Yeah. It's Valentine's week, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of, like, bad one-liners in oh, this God. movie. Oh, <laughs> God. But it's funny. It's kind of like when you're watching, like, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and they make some, like, detective cracks like that. There's a lot of that in this movie. With less ice cube magic. Right. And then cut to he's out of the hospital and then the pop punk background music and drinking college kids cut in. <laughs> Just like any slasher movie. And of course they're partying in the mine tunnels. Yeah. You know, like why you do not? in a mining town. Right. And then Tom or Jensen's girlfriend goes wandering in. Well, and... he told her. Well, he yeah, I know. He had to go grab something out of the truck and he told her to go with their friends. I know, but... I just, I don't think I would just go wandering into a mine that had a history of yeah. collapse, you know? Yeah. But she goes in and then right off the bat, you're probably only, what, 10, 15 minutes into this movie if by that, now? yeah. And there are just bodies just littered in the tunnels. And there's another couple that they're with and she finds them and they hide from this killer. And then, you know, other people are... Like, hey, what's going on? And yelling. So then, of course, the killer goes and gets them. And and then they run from the killer and, like, they trip. And, like, all the... This is a very formula movie. Oh, yeah. It's so predictable. Which is fine. It's just really funny. Like, you're like, oh, and he trips. And his girlfriend is blonde. And she's kind of dressed, you know, all minuscule I guess you could say and and then they finally run to this car and it takes of course forever to start but they leave Tom behind because he's waving him and telling him to yeah he can't get out he eventually gets into the mine but then the killer focuses on him mm -hmm. he's right about to kill Tom but then the cops show up and shoot him and yeah and that's that and then it cuts to 10 years later and then it immediately starts with this guy named Axel is the sheriff he was the friend that was with them in the mine when yeah. he's the one who drove the truck away. Right. And so he was with, they've been friends for a long time. And he ended up marrying Tom's girlfriend or Jensen's yeah, Sarah. girlfriend, Sarah. And it immediately starts with him basically cheating on her. Yeah. At his dad's old place in the woods with yep. another lady. And his side chick works for his wife. Mm -hmm. And she's so sweet. And then... She tells him pretty much right off the bat, like, oh, happy Valentine's Day. By the way, I'm pregnant. Well, yeah, she was like, I got you something, got him a gift. And then she, he's like, oh, I didn't get you anything. She's like, yeah, you did. I'm pregnant. Which. <laughs> That's the gift you gave me. Come on. <laughs> but then Tom comes back and he comes back to basically his dad has passed away. And he comes to 
sign the mine away. Yeah, he comes to sell it off because he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Right, and people are pissed because that's like this town's livelihood. Everything. Yeah. That town would be nothing. The town of Harmony, Pennsylvania. Would be nothing, you're right. Without the Hanniger Mines. Right, and... Basically, some old white dude tells him selling the mine won't sit well with anyone in this town. That's the old sheriff. That's the sheriff who shot him in the in the mines. This maybe what it does a good job of is planting like, oh well, it's this person, and then you're like, oh, it could be, but or is it this person? So it plants these little seeds because uh, you don't really have the killings haven't started again yet. Obviously, they're going to, but it's it's showing all these character plot points. And it kind of makes you think, well, this could be it, or this could be the killer, or this could be the killer. Yeah, like every character that has a significant amount of screen time has some kind of motive right. to or, be the killer. So you don't. So it starts pulling you all these directions, and it'll pull you to one, and then it'll just say, oh, never mind, you're going to think this way now, and then you're going right. to think this way now. Which is fine. You know, a lot of Keeps you guessing. Yeah, exactly. Or it could be Harry. He could have, they thought that they shot and killed him, but what if they did it? You yeah, know, they, they you, buried him a lot. They buried him. He may not have been dead. Yeah, at this point in the movie, you don't know. But then it cuts to kind of what you were getting at. And Tom goes to a motel and there's just this ridiculous Irene. sex scene. So it's Irene who is Axel, who has a history with Axel. Right. And, um, yeah. Like everyone just, has a history with Axel. Yeah, right? Axel's the town scumbag, but he's also the sheriff somehow. Yeah. Which, fun fact, in Pennsylvania, sheriffs don't have any law enforcement power. They're agents yeah. of the court, and they're elected officials. So yeah. his, like, in Texas, his too. epic cop, you know, escapades throughout the movie are total bullshit. Yeah. By realism. But one of my favorite lines comes after that sex scene. One of my oh. favorite stupid one-liners. Well, they're... This... I'll give the, I'll give you your one liner in a second. There's this loud sex scene. There's full nudity, and the guy that she's sleeping with is just some random trucker, basically. And he made a a sex video without her permission, and she sees the camera and she gets pissed. Yeah. And he takes it and he's like, "Too bad," and he goes and then, to his truck. Yeah, and then she says, "I'm no hook." He's like, "Oh, I'll pay you." And then she's like, "I'm no hooker." Then he throws a twenty at her and says, "You are now," and walks out. Yeah. Like, Stupid, predictable, cheesy-ass one-liners. Yeah, but that's also, like, it's annoying, but it's also kind of what this movie is. And yeah. she, this bitch, literally, like, does, you could throw on a t-shirt or something. No, she just throws on her heels, she throws walks out there butt-ass naked. Her stilettos and chases after him with a revolver. An empty gun. Yeah, butt-ass naked. And then he basically is laughing at her, and he opens up his truck door and gets a pickaxe through Boom, the head. Right in the face. After she threw the gun at him, like, she, he's like, oh, I know it's empty. You ain't gonna do shit. So she just hucks it at him. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I guess that's the only thing you can do. <laughs> you can throw the gun at him. I mean, 3D, throw the stiletto. Yeah. Get a 3D stiletto throw. That would have been cool. Yeah. She, of course, screams and runs away, as they do. And as I would as well. Yeah. She runs into the motel owner's suite, basically, Mm -hmm. where she lives. And she crawls under the bed. And, of course, the killer comes in and is looking for her. But then the motel owner comes in looking for her dog. And she gets fucked first. Mm -hmm. Then the killer... Because people can't be quiet. And I've never been in this situation. So I wouldn't know. But if I was literally, like, this was life or death, I feel like I wouldn't whimper. You know what I mean? Like, they always, like, gasp really loud or whimper yeah. or start crying really loudly. And it's like, 
Maybe I would, and it's just a knee-jerk reaction, but it's what gets her found. Yeah, well, one thing I will say that the movie did somewhat well in this part is, like, it lo- she showed actual effort to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see her straining to keep her hand over her mouth so it wouldn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the death happened, she yeah. lost her shit. Which I guess is fair. It's just, you know, this is literally a life-or-death situation, so... And I've never been in one, and I hope to God I'm never in one. But it's like, that always gets them killed. Always. Yeah. And then the bed frame. Which, honestly, I didn't think was... She took... So the bed frame is one of those that's... It's got like a like a, like a hatch pattern of yeah. springs. So the mattress just sits directly on it instead of a box spring. And so she props it up, mm-hmm. stands behind it, and then pins herself against the wall. Like a dumbass. I mean, you know, she keeps it in front of her, and he misses her a couple times because of that, but then... It was an excuse for 3D pickaxes. Yeah, and then, but he hits, and then... Well, because he kept going head, and she kept going to the side, so he went body and got her through the gut, and that's what killed her, but it didn't show it. Didn't take... It's like the one gory scene they didn't show. Yeah, well, they showed her body afterwards. Yeah. Slid up the middle. So the sheriff gets the call, and there are these two deaths. Mm -hmm. uh, Three deaths, excuse me. Yeah. The The trucker, trucker, the owner, and the... And the girl. Nudie McNooderson. Yeah, the, the token, <laughs> the token naked ho-ho. blonde. Um, and then, so he's dealing with all this, but then Tom visits his wife, who is Sarah, and who is his ex, and she's pissed because he vanished after those murders that they were yeah, when almost they, victims of. when they left in the truck, she, that was the last time she'd seen him. Yeah. He just dipped out and hadn't been seen in 10 years. Right, and that conversation gives you that insight that... She still is not over that. Yeah. But she's, you know, she's married and she has a kid and... She has two kids, doesn't she? I think she just has the one son. Oh, they had two. It only ever shows one son yeah. and nanny, but... So you get that insight. And then Sarah goes home. It cuts to her going home and Axel is still working and he gets this Valentine box at work with another human heart in it, like the one that Harry Wooden left and that... Kind of shows you like the oh is Harry Warden back? How could he possibly be back? And then it immediately cuts to a bar scene, which I did not like this scene because everybody hates him so much, mm-hmm. and I know why because he's selling the mine. Yeah, and I get it, but it's this is what I feel like is a little overdone. The ta- like he Tom walks in and all the towns the old townspeople, the old start, miners, the old retired miners, yeah. the old retired sheriff. They start yelling at him, and then a whole brawl breaks out. They just like start five throwing. on one, but only yeah. one punch gets landed. Yeah, the whole they time. just start throwing punches and screaming, and but somebody says, "I hope Harry finishes you this time," or something like that. And it's like, "Whoa, damn! You want him dead? Like, shoot, girl, shoot!" Yep. And then it cuts back to Axel and Sarah, and Axel is home working, and Axel, the cheating husband. This really pissed me off in this movie and I think this is just like a culture thing and also just you know for the movie it's obviously exaggerated but Axel the cheating fucking husband that knocked another bitch up gives his wife a hard time about her ex being back and him she coming to her to talk to her yeah she like, got, he got she didn't even seek him out yeah he got super pissed off at her and you know she I I mean if let's say something happens like that with me like I'm not saying that I would like it's just, it's, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's not my fault that he came back. Like, you yeah. know. Nice. You can hate him. That's fine. Yeah, you can be like, hey, fuck that guy, whatever. Yeah. Like, you've literally knocked a bitch up and you're getting all pissed off because her ex who lived in the same town as you forever you is You were back. friends? Yeah. Like, it was your old friend. Like, be, be happy he's fucking back. 
Yeah. And if not, just be like, oh, well, you know, again, fuck that guy, you know? Yeah. So because you think Harry is back, Tom goes down into the mine and uh, someone, you know, the miners aren't happy to see him, but they take him down. And while he's down there, this guy that brought him down gets murdered in the mine. And it shows him being trapped in this little fenced off, like, cage area. Like a control panel area. Yeah, exactly. And then a bunch of the other miners come down and free him. And so now the whole town is getting wind. All the miners know that Harry is back and he's killing people. And I made a note here that I'm so tired of all the men. And this gets worse later. Like, puffing out their chest. The whole movie is like... Whose dick is bigger when, in in actuality, every male character in this movie pretty much has tiny dick syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just pure compensation and, like, I'm cooler than you, I'm tougher than you, da-da-da-da, fuck you, no fuck you, the whole damn movie. Yeah. So they cut to the hospital and Tom is getting stitches because, you know, he got shoved in that and they, he got cut and so he's getting stitches in his arm and then... Sarah and Axel are both there, and we find out that the sheriff and a couple of, I think, the older miners uh, pulled some vigilante justice, and they took Harry out, basically, and buried him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they shot him and buried him in the woods and stupidly left the pickaxe and the mask with him when they buried him. Like, have they never seen a horror movie? Every horror movie, when you bury the killer with their weapon, that's when they come back. If I ever killed a killer or had to bury a killer, I would dismember him or her. Like, head, arms, like, make sure. Just like, you know, Michael Myers, like, they they all eventually come back. Like, like, cut their head off. Like the show Dexter. (laughs) Yeah. Dismembered all of them and buried them them in in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Do something like that. I'm not saying, well, Pennsylvania, you're not going to throw them in the ocean, but... Also, like, bury the different pieces in different places. Yeah. Throw an arm here. Go mile down the road. Throw a leg over there. Right. And they go and uh, Tom says he's staying in town. So Axel takes Tom to the station after the hospital. And Tom says to him, I'm staying in town because Sarah settled for you. And then, of course, Axel's like, yeah, he flips the table and they start fighting over Sarah. And it's like, okay, I'm... I just, I hated that whole thing. You know, his partner comes in and breaks him up and they're still huffing and puffing, you know? Yeah, and like, this is what Gillette was talking about in that ad that everyone's all buttered about. (laughs) That toxic masculinity thing. This is Exhibit A (laughs) from 2009 Mediocre Whore. I think there's (laughs) some other exhibits as well, but yeah, that's a good point. So Tom decides he's not going to get any help from Axel. So he's going to go seek out Harry Warden on his own. So he goes back to the mine and stumbles on this old house, which is his dad's house. Mm-hmm. and Axel's dad. Axel's dad's house, excuse me, in the woods. And we previously saw this house because that's where Axel was banging his side chick. And then, uh, so you see him having this discovery. And then it cuts to Ben's house, who is the old sheriff. And he's getting really paranoid because they've had some talk about Harry coming after the people that he wasn't able to finish like the sheriff and like Tom and he's just sitting in a chair with a shotgun and he hears something and he goes outside and he's like oh Harry you got me all paranoid 
You go and, aim in the shadows. And then for the, some stupid fucking reason, he walks back inside and he unloads his shotgun. Throws it over his shoulder. Do you walk through the house? And then... Why would you... Just because there wasn't anything there at the, the moment, why would you unload your gun? That is the stupidest shit. And then, of course, he closes the front door and walks back in his living room and he gets fucked. That Harry's in there waiting for him and puts a pickaxe in him, you know? Just keep keep the bullets in the gun. God, is it that hard? And he gets him right through the eye. It was a good one. Right Another through good the one. eye. Through the front this time, though. Yeah, you don't get to see the 3D action. Not that we the watched way. it in 3D, but... I did. And then after Ben gets killed, it cuts to Sideho and Sarah closing the grocery store. So she works at this grocery store because her parents own it. Own it. And she's closing up and... The uh, side chick, I think her name is Monica? Megan. Megan, okay. They start hearing spooky sounds and, you know, get really paranoid. And you see the killer standing at the end of an aisle. And then when they look at him, of course, he's gone. And he keeps evading them. And then all the lights go out. And then he attacks. And then so, of course, you know, he attacks after the lights go out. And then they lock themselves in the back office. And they never run to the front door. Nobody ever runs to the front door. In this case, I don't remember if it's because he was blocking it, but literally they always corner themselves. Yeah. And they get into the back office and they need a key to unlock the window cage. But Sarah is trying to keep the table against the door. So and he's She's trying course, to lift it. And, and he's, of course, coming at it with the pickaxe. And it's and, a wooden door, so he yeah. goes through it pretty easy. He starts blowing holes in it. Throws yeah. the, and she throws her key ring over to Megan. Megan starts... Well, she says, look at it. It's My keys are in the drawer, in the drawer. And they're literally, like, when you open the drawer, they're right there. And Megan's like, I can't find him. I can't find him. And it's like, they're right fucking there. Like, Jesus. I know you're panicked, but shit. They finally, though, do get the window unlocked. After she literally fumbles through, like, nine keys dangling out the window. Of like, course. it's a padlock. You know what a padlock key looks like. They all <laughs> look damn near identical, no matter what brand it is. Yeah. They're well, all small. They all do the same thing. They all have the same look. And Sarah, because she's so sweet, you know, she's like, you go first, you go out the window. But then Megan hangs out the window and the killer at some point has figured out they're going out the window. So he runs around, goes out the front door and he grabs her by the leg and yanks her out. Yep. And then she, and then Sarah, finally, Sarah just hits the panic alarm. Yeah, there's been a panic alarm this whole time. In that back office where they were. While he was hitting them with the pickaxe, they didn't even think, hey, just hit the fucking alarm. The cops will show up. Yeah. And help us. No. Right. And instead of running, Sarah just wants to see what happens. You know, she she kind of leans out the window and then her husband shows up. Which, another weird discontinuity point that happened here. As she was walking out of the store to find her husband, the alarm's going off. As soon as it flashes back, the alarm's not going off anymore. Yeah. And usually the only people who can turn off those kind of alarms are the alarm company themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the police can't do it. So it's not like her husband comes in, hits a button, and it turns off. The actual alarm company has to turn it off, but they also have to talk to somebody to make sure it's okay to turn it off before they do turn it off. Right. And the killer also, when he was swinging at the door, and then he comes after them, he got her in the arm. Yeah. And... So she's, after she gets out to the store, she's getting all stitched up and bandaged on her arm, goes to the hospital... The rest of the movie, no bandages, no cut. No nothing. No nothing. Good as new. That must be some damn good medicine. Must be Canada. And that's like something that's pretty easy to... Must be Canada. That's (laughs) something that should be pretty easy to keep consistent through filming. You know? Oh, she got a cut, so maybe we should 
maybe just put a even just put a bandage with a little red smear on it. Yeah. Like, Whoopty freaking do five bucks. Exactly. I didn't think that was in the budget though then. Well, it had a $15 million budget. Yeah, Universal made it into a haunted house at the Haunted Horror Nights or whatever they do every year. Like, yeah. this movie was legit. Like, this was done by the big studio, the first radar 3D movie. Yep. Like, big deal. 3D because of all the uh, boobage. And no, it's pretty gory, but... <laughs> there was 3D boobage in theaters. There was a lot of protruding boob. Well, that's fun. For the crowd. Fun. Especially with your girlfriend's uh, parents. Real awkward with the girlfriend's parents. I had to pretend I did not enjoy that. At 16. And as a sixteen-year-old, yeah, yeah, as a sixteen-year-old, like, it's like God mind damn. is blown. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, uh, of course, Megan is killed, and it, there's you know, which conveniently gets rid of the pregnant side bitch. Yeah, conveniently. That's true. At this point, they are making you feel like it's Axel. Yeah, they're driving you to think Axel's the killer. Axel's the killer because as soon as Sarah gets outside, he's already there. Yeah, that's why. Like, I, so convenient that he just take it all off, stash it somewhere, and go console her. Yep, and there was even writing on the wall when she was killed. Mm -hmm. But then it cuts to Sarah and Axel's house, and they have a nanny. And it shows the killer is in the house. and The kid's watching TV. Yeah. Doesn't know shit's happening. Yep. Nanny's doing some laundry. Yep. She's uh, throwing stuff in the dryer. They time. even have a, a cop sitting outside of their house to protect them. Yeah, yeah, and he gets in. But she's not paying attention either. She's no. like reading. She's and... reading the newspaper. Yeah. She's just hanging out. She's doing her thing. Right. And so, yeah, Nanny's putting clothes in the dryer, doing, you know, her nanny thing, <laughs> doing her nanny slash housemaid thing. Mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, she turns around and there's the killer. Yep. And then. But she can't even scream because he's like on top of her and right. shuts her up. Yep. And then he throws her in the dryer. Which you see because one of the old miners show up. I think it, it was, was the old sheriff who showed up at this one. It was the old sheriff, okay. And the, the cop who was sitting outside who was too busy reading her paper to do her job mm -hmm. says, hey, you got point? And his response is, nah, I'm retired. So he makes her go in front. Smart move on his part. Yeah. It's I mean, not his job anymore. It, she was on duty. Yeah. So. And doing half her job. And then she finds him. Or, I'm sorry, she finds the nanny in the dryer with Opens her. it, and she's oh. melted. I'm like, that's not real. Dryers don't get that hot. I mean, I've never been put in a dryer, but we should look that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> can, can a dryer melt human flesh? That's, good. that's a good That's a good Google search. We'll get yeah. some great remarketing out of that. Feel free. I'm not going to Google it right now. But we'll figure it out. Listeners, if you want to Google that, we can find out Send together. us some screenshots of those results. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see them SERPs. By the way, I do digital marketing, so this is like my jam. But then the guy gets killed by the killer as he, because he's out on the patio and she's yelling mm -hmm. at him to come in, but he gets marked. Yeah. And he gets done goofed. Him and the patrol officer, you know, also. Gone. Yep. And the poor nanny, though. She's just trying to do laundry and do take laundry? care of a kid yeah. and like, and she gets real fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom calls Sarah and says he has something to show her, and he picks her up from the hospital, and he basically is trying to convince her that Axel is the killer. Her husband is the killer. You don't know him. He's hiding shit from you. And then, of course, Axel calls Sarah. While she's in the car with him. Yeah. Telling her, oh, yeah, no, Tom's not who you think he is. He's been in a mental institution for seven years. Yep. He's done this. He's done that. We have evidence. Yep. And you, you do find out that he has been institutionalized yeah. for seven years. But I that's not really damning to me because I honestly, if I was literally inches away from being pickaxed in the face, I would probably need some intense oh, God. therapy. Oh, yeah. And But, you know, 
depending on it doesn't ever really go into detail how much axel knows about his medical records at this mm-hmm. place so you just know that he's been in a mental institution for seven years yeah and of course you know sarah's getting all freaked out and she doesn't know what to do she's got her husband who she has a child with granted she is she makes a comment so she knows that he has been with megan or interested in megan to some extent mm-hmm. she says that after he after she gets killed but you have this husband who she shares her life with and this old boyfriend who she's still been pining after for all these years and she trusts both of them but she decides to go with her husband on this one and she grabs the wheel and straight off the road into a tree and yep. runs into the woods and calls it calls Axel back and he says go to my dad's house which it's kind of a dumb move on his I part. I probably would just keep running, I think. I don't know if I... Because at this point, like, yes, okay, she believed her husband, but she still is questioning, so maybe don't go where he's telling you to go if you're still not sure that he's going to kill you or not. Just yeah, a thought. <laughs> kind of, and this whole, that whole that whole thing, like, go to my dad's house, go to my dad's old place, that was kind of an oversight on his part because the valentine for Megan was still there. Right. And well, that's when she put it all together. Yeah, and I think at this point, though, he was just, you know, if he is the killer, he wants to go there to corner her. If he's not the killer, it's a that's, safe spot. The, that's the place he knows he can find her. Yeah. So it's kind of... It's a 50-50 shot for yeah. her, and you know, stay, but also staying where she was was a 50-50 shot, so... Yep. But then when she gets to the house, the killer shows up. Yeah, and she gets pinned in the kitchen, which this kind of leads you more towards Axel... Because she hits a cupboard in the kitchen and all the empty Valentine's chocolate boxes fall out of a cupboard. Like dozens and dozens Yeah, tons of them. them. That he's been putting these human hearts in. So yeah. he's just got a stockpile of them. And that's after she finds the Valentine, the Valentine, from, Valentine from Megan yeah. that had the picture of her and Tom in it. Mm-hmm. So she knows that Axel has been there is what it makes you think. But it also could be Tom's photo of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so... You still at this point are questioning, but she gets out of the house and gets away from the killer. But then what does she do? She runs straight towards the mines. And, you know, there's probably not many places to go. In rural Pennsylvania. Yeah. In the mining towns. But that is, the mine is literally the killer's comfort zone. Yeah. Like that's where everything started. Or if it's a copycat, that's what they're, you know, he's dressed up as a miner this whole time. So I maybe don't go towards the thing that makes him most comfortable. Yeah, and I don't especially, know. like, because she's still thinking maybe, or at this point she's, like, full on, it's Axel. Yeah. But, like, the little thought in the back of her head that says it might be Tom, like, Tom's dad owned it. Tom's lived in that, mo- Tom's been in that mine his whole damn life. Yeah. He knows that mine, like, the back of his hand. Yeah. If he's the killer, he will find you no matter where you are. It's not a matter of if it's when. Right, exactly. So you're just setting yourself, you're just delaying the inevitable by going there. Yep. And then, of course, she goes in and the killer comes after her and Axel and Tom end up with the tunnels with her and then it's of course this classic standoff it's him no it's him you know what fuck it just shoot both of us Axel says just shoot both of us shoot both of us it's you know you you don't have a choice because you can't know who it is but then you see the killer walk up behind her and neither it's it looks like it's neither one of them but then you hear Tom start going... Freaking out. Yeah, shoot him, shoot him. He's right behind you, he's right behind you, but nobody else sees the killer. And that's when you realize... It's Tom. He it's snapped. It's Tom, because he's lost all of his sanity, and he's taken on this role. He's been battling it, and it comes out sometimes, and then he's Tom sometimes, and he's Harry sometimes. But then he just goes into full Harry mode. 
Yeah, and like right before this, like, was it right before or right after? He fucks himself up mm-hmm. and gives himself away because mm-hmm. he mentions what was written on the wall. Oh, it was right before that. Yeah, yeah, right before he mentioned what was written on the wall. Was that for Megan or Irene? That was for Megan. Okay, yeah. So with Megan, he mentions the heart in the box, Megan's heart in the box, and the writing on the wall that said, what was it, like, be mine forever or whatever? Something like that, yeah. Something cheesy. And so he mentions that, and they're like, we never, how'd you know that? You weren't there. We and never told you. He says, you told me, Sarah. And she said, no, I didn't. So yeah, he does give himself away before that, but then... That was the icing on the cake right there. Yeah, because then you see the killer, and as a viewer, you're like, oh, it's, it's not him. But then... It is. You realize he's hallucinating it, and then he becomes this. Then he snaps back into Harry mode, and Sarah cannot hit anything with a gun. And the guys just start fighting again. They just start brawling, you know, and Sarah just stands there. She has a gun, and I get it. If you were fighting with somebody and I thought that I might not hit, or I might hit you, I probably wouldn't. Wait till there's a little separation. Yeah, but at the same time, she. I don't know what she could have done, but she literally just doesn't do anything. She's off screen this whole time, you know? And you gotta have your fight scene. Yeah, that's true. But then, you know, Tom gets... he uh, Sarah just stands there and eventually starts shooting and... It's nothing. Dear yeah, lord, she, the woman has a terrible shot. And then Tom runs away, but he goes and he gets his pickaxe. Yeah. And he's coming towards them. This was actually one of my favorite parts because it's so scary to me. He's walking towards them. He's looking really menacing. And as he's walking, he takes a pickaxe and he just destroys all the light Every light bulb bulb and just the sparks flying because they're the old school, almost Edison bulb looking ones that Mm -hmm. when you pop them, they just explode. Yep. And And he's just just popping them all, sparks flying. Kind of badass. Very dramatic, yeah. It was pretty cool. That that was a cool 3D part in theaters too because like sometimes the sparks would be kind of 3D in the theater, like little subtle bits of them. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like an in-your-face 3D moment. It was more like the current 3D movies where Mm -hmm. it's not just all gimmick, 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 gimmick. Right. This was more... This was more well done, more tailored, more tactful. Yeah. It was a cool little touch that I still remember. It really built suspense, yeah. Yeah. And then Sarah... So Axel got fucked up enough to where he can't really do anything he at got this point. Hit with a, what did he get hit with? Just he didn't get beat like that. It was more than just fists. No, he, he got a pickaxe. Yeah, he got pickaxed. Yeah, yeah, like in, he got pickaxed like right in the side. Yeah, it right wasn't a it wasn't a lethal blow that you know of. But he's pretty indisposed. He can't shoot. So he tells her, "You have one shot. There's one bullet left in this gun." And what does she hit? Well, she hits a gas canister. Yeah, so, not him. She blows it up. But you, you know, he gets buried and all these rescuers come in in these mining outfits and you see him kill a rescuer. The rescuer's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he pretends to be dead and he just opens his eyes. And then pickaxe. Pops him. 3D pickaxe. And then puts his gear on and sneaks out. Yep. So at the end, he, it, they wheel Axel out and Sarah's okay and Axel, you think he's going to be okay and then... You've got all these cops and fire trucks right outside the mines. They're and then, like, where's Tom? He's like, Tom's dead. Yep. And like that classic, I'm yeah. the man kind of voice. Like that, Tom's dead. And then Tom walks right by them all. And then and the, just, he has a mask on. As yep. soon as he gets past, takes it off. And over. it's over. That's all it's you get. a very dramatic moment there. Especially between two guys who were on such a wholesome show in 98 together. Tom and Axel actually co-starred in some episodes of Dawson's Creek back in the day. Oh, really? So they go from <laughs> Dawson's Creek to beating the shit out of each other in a mine trying to kill each other. I mean, at least it shows that they have, they're not typecasts, you know? <laughs> oh, Jensen Ackles is a typecast at this point. Well, it's just because he's been on Supernatural for so long. That ain't his fault. 
But I tasked you with finding some facts. Did you find any interesting oh, trivia? Did I? Did I? <laughs> I am a cesspool of worthless knowledge, and half the time I just reach it on Google and pretend like I knew it for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of really random things. So, like, there's a flyer on the wall in the movie that indicates that Valentine's Day was on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that means the day before was Friday the 13th. Oh, So they kind of put cool. that little touch in there that yeah. was kind of neat. Um, like I mentioned earlier briefly, this was the first rated R movie to be done in the real D3D technology that we're still that they still use today. Yeah. This was like the first rated R movie to use it. So it was yeah. like it was a kind of a trend-setting kind of gateway opening movie in a way. That's cool. That's um, really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. They also made an episode of Supernatural called My Bloody Valentine. I did know to that. To pay homage. Yeah. Um, and then Jared Padalecki, whatever the other dude from <laughs> yeah. the long-haired, flowy-locked, less buff brother in Who Supernatural. Is, uh, also in Gilmore Girls. For yeah. Those. <laughs> he also starred in a, in a 2009 remake of an 80s movie, of an 80s horror. He was in the Friday the 13th remake. Yep. Yeah, the really was. shitty, The really shitty one. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, we'll <laughs> well get, you won't, but I might come in Kristen that and one. I will. <laughs> you um, have some opinions about that. God, that movie sucked. <laughs> um, the town of Harmony, where this movie set, mm-hmm. was also in the Mothman Prophecy. Oh. It was the town with the bridge yeah, yeah, yeah. in Mothman. That's cool. They filmed it in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania offers tax incentives to film movies there. And it's also beautiful. Yeah. Honestly. But the mine, gorgeous. the mine scenes were not filmed in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so the mine scenes, they weren't filmed in Pennsylvania like the rest of the movie. All the town scenes and things like that were in Pennsylvania due to the tax cuts. But the mine scenes were all filmed in Nova Scotia at another mine up there. It was called the, I believe it was the Sydney Mine up there. But Canada off is very cheap to film movies and they offer filmmakers tons of incentives to film there. But it was an actual mine? It wasn't they filmed in a, a real mine. At, point, at some points they were 900 feet underground while filming Ooh. in the mine. <laughs> Um, and then one more fun fact that I think is hilarious is in 2009, the Australian Classification Board, mm-hmm. which is like the movie rating people here, yeah, yeah. released their report of the most complained about movies mm-hmm. of 2009. This was in the top five with more than a dozen complaints because of its gory violence. Well, um, it's rated R. In Australia, they have Jesus. different rating systems. So R18 plus is the highest rating for non-pornographic movies. Mm-hmm. That's what it had. So in he, so here you have to be 17 to go alone. Mm-hmm. You can go yeah. with a parent at any age, whatever. Right. There you have to be 18. No ifs, ands, or buts to go see it. Interesting. So. Well, in America, we don't care because all the movies that are banned everywhere else are never banned here. <laughs> well, they actually straight up asked. For, there, a lot of people wrote in and asked for them to completely ban the movie in the country. They wanted it just it's not, not that here. Bad. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> how, did they, how the hell do they deal with like Saw? Or well, hostile, let alone so hostile. With Saw, it was actually, they were going to film it. This is throwback to last episode, but they were going to film it in Australia. They tried to, but no Australian production company would take it. So that's why they came to the United States huh. to do it. James Wan did. But like, how could any other gore fest movie fly there if this was like asking to get banned? Yeah. Like this was, this movie was nothing compared to, I mean, Saw, Hostel. Right. Ones like that. Even other slasher movies. This yeah. one wasn't bad. It was just a 3D gimmick. They just wanted to have chunks of eyeballs and jaws flying at the screen. Which is fair. Definitely a market for, you know. <laughs> for There's that. a market for that. Yeah. Yeah. And another fun fact about this, um, more so related to the 81 old one, but the old one was actually Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher movie. It's a good movie. The, okay. This isn't a bad movie. It's not. It's just the acting and it's not really bad acting. It's just kind of like 
So, okay, like... It's so stereotypical. Yeah, and it follows the formula to the T to where there's not a lot of twist in this movie. Even at the end, you're like, okay, well, we knew it was going to be Tom, Axel, or this guy that they didn't actually kill. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it wasn't like an M. Night Shyamalan twist where you're just shocked, you know? And yeah. So, but it it's not a bad movie. It's like, I had a good time watching it last night. I mean, know? it's it's a good, like, if you just want to, you know, have a few laughs at some at some little gimmicky things and be but like, wait, what? still get some good kills. But some good kills, some good gore. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's a light movie. You don't have to pay super close attention. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're hanging out, you know, you're and you got to get up and go grab something to drink, you don't even have to worry about pausing it unless you're in the mine. <laughs> like, just get up and go get your beer. You're just enjoy it yeah it's just a sit back and relax kind of movie and just chill it's not like jump scary either right which i appreciate i hate jump scares yeah i know you do i jump very easily it's so funny when we went and saw you shut your (laughs) damn mouth we went with Kristen and connor to see the new halloween the 2018 version i knew it was coming too no it wasn't even that it was the one the one that makes me laugh was it was really dark in the theater and it cut to daytime really quick and you (laughs) jumped because it cut to daylight (laughs) you are really jumpy how do i deal with roughing hockey with pucks coming at me at 90 miles an hour i think it's different i think you're always on your alert when you're like being a professional official at something but with those it's like you're always quote unquote professional well their job is to put you on edge and so well i'm glad you're coming around to horror movies though because when we first a little bit yeah i know it 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 was a good one for me i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it i loved the new one the old one still scares the ever-living shit out of me (laughs) it really it that's what triggered my fear of clowns I don't like clowns. I saw literally the scene, the opening scene where mm-hmm. he takes Georgie, turned it off, never like clown sense. Wow. Really? Literally that one scene with the teeth. I'm surprised I got you to watch the, the remake. I was excited for the remake mainly because the stra- this kid from Stranger Things in it. Mm-hmm. Like, Finn Wolfhard. I yeah. love that kid. Mm-hmm. I love the kids from Stranger Things. Those kids are awesome in a totally not weird way, by the way. Yeah. But no, I just, those kids are awesome. So like seeing him in it, I was like, okay. I'll give it a shot. I'm older now. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to... I know that it's fake now because I was little. I was like, oh my God, clowns are going to kill me. Yeah. And now I'm just like, yeah, fuck clowns. I don't like them. But I'm not like de- deathly afraid. The only thing I was more afraid of than clowns when I was a kid was Chuck E. Cheese. Are you going to see It Chapter 2 with yes, me? Yes, I will go in theaters with you for Yay. It Chapter 2. I thoroughly enjoyed the, the new It. The kids are such... I don't want to talk about it too much because it's on our calendar, but man, those kids just really did such a great job in that movie. This but is like Valentine's Day husband-wife banter on the podcast. It's yeah. Valentine's episode. Right. So this is unfortunately not sponsored, but <laughs> if you're a horror fan, Loot Crate, and I've never gotten a Loot Crate before, but I figured it'd be a cool way because I'm trying to collect some horror things and stuff like that. And they have Loot Fright and it's a horror themed Loot Crate and it's fitting to unbox it on this episode because this is their Love Sucks box. And it's a Valentine's themed box and you get it every two months. But I just want to see what's in it real quick. So the first thing, you get this stuff shoved a whole ass blanket in this little box. Yeah, this box is like what? Eight by eight, if that. Oh it's six um, by eight. It's Chucky and Bride of Chucky. And it says See you in hell. Yeah, it says see you in hell. That's cute. That's going on the back of our sofa. Yeah. <laughs> so they fit a blanket in here and this t-shirt it just says love sucks well it's dracula yeah it's dracula so it makes sense and then there's a movie coming out and it's not just a movie it's been an urban legend for a while called the curse of la llorona 
and they've go put in this uh, it's a bookmark, and it's like a really nice, like metal. Bookmark. One of those ones that clips to the cover, and then the page you're on. It's spooky. You could also, if you were feeling crazy and feisty, put your money in there. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere nice little else money with that. <laughs> what nipple clamps? No. Where would I go with that in a weird way? I don't know. You'd find a way. Nah, I probably would, but you know what? Keeping it rated R, not trying to go for the for the X here. We're gonna earn that E on iTunes. Woo! And there Fuck are yeah. some uh, pins in here that are from the Sunny Family Cult. I don't know if you know anything about that, but. Not really. The guy kind of looks like a dude I made in Little Big Planet, though. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. The most innocent, wholesome game ever made. And then. No, The Sims. Oh, The Sims isn't wholesome. The Sims though. is not wholesome. You can woohoo all day and <laughs> knock her up, and then she dies with a plate of horn, with a plate of hot dogs in her hand. Happened to me once, then I became best friends with, uh, with death. It's great. Oh. So these are, oh, these are so cool. This is probably my favorite thing in this. They're Valentine's cards with envelopes and they're all like universal monsters, like Creature of the Black Lagoon and stuff. They even have little sayings on them. Oh, so there's a little zombie one. Is that Frankenstein it's, or a zombie? Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, it's Frankenstein. And it says, you set my heart on fire. And then there's the Bride of Frankenstein that says, our love is electrifying. And then this one is the mummy, and it says, I'm all wrapped up in you. <laughs> uh, the wolfman says, you're the one for me. Like, oh, fur. I do love a good pun. That's that's about a 6 out of 10 on the pun scale, but I'll take it. You didn't like my possession pun in our first episode. You you gave me shit for that. Yeah, it was like a 4 out of 10. Pun. Oh, my God. I am, I am critical when it comes to puns. <laughs> this is the invisible man, and it says, I can't hide my love for you. And then, of course, this is Creature from the Black Lagoon, and it says, I love you too, Lagoon, and back. That's worse. It's like a one out of ten. Come on, a one. Lagoon? That doesn't even sound like the moon. Well, come on. It's cute. And they come with little envelopes, and if you want one, email me your address, and I'll send you one. But... First six, get it. Yeah. Or five or whatever, however many. Well, I want to give one to Kristen. Okay, five. Okay, five. There are five extras, so if you want one, let me know. Thank you guys for listening. Did you have fun? I did. Thank you guys for having me did and you listening were, were to you me. Were you nervous? Not really. That's good. I mean, at work I did a bunch of training videos where I had to like do talking and on That's video true. and screen shares about random things that I won't go into detail on. Yeah. But yeah, so I had to do those, and those were like an hour each. Oh, yeah. So this probably wasn't too much for you? No, and I've done, I mean, community presentations, the community and stuff in front of like 80 people. And now you see what we go so. through. We have to talk when the neighbor's dogs start barking and when there's a plane and... When the pug is just going... In yeah. The, at the opposite <laughs> of the door because the mic picks up goddamn everything. Yep, it does. Well, that's why we bought it. It's a damn good mic. It is, yeah. It's almost too good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's too good for, for pug owners. We have to turn the furnace off because it picks up the furnace. <laughs> Maybe but our new one won't, won't do that. Maybe. When we replace it. Eventually. Well, I hope you had fun. I did. Thank you for doing the Valentine's yeah. Day episode. Happy Valentine's Day. This is our first Valentine's as a married couple. Yeah. Well, we've been married for three months now, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. three months. We got married in November. So, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. We are going to do a lot of nothing. It's going to be great. Anyways, we hope you have a good Valentine's Day. If you are with someone, celebrate them. If you are single, celebrate yourself. Yes. Treat yourself. It's not so much Singles Awareness Day. It is love yourself. Take yourself to dinner. 
Yeah. Take all the. It's good people watching. You go. You go to dinner alone on a Valentine's oh, Day. It's disgusting. It's hilarious. Just go <laughs> sit at the bar, if you're 21. Sit at the bar. Get yourself a nice strong drink. Get yourself a Long Island, and just bask in the bullshit that everybody's doing. It's hilarious. I've done it before. <laughs> So, next time, you'll be back with your typical co-host, Kristen. Yes, Kristen will be I back. will not be here. Nope. She's way better at this than I am, so well, you're in better hands. But, you know, rather than say the end on this, let's just say that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Stay creepy.